Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Welcome to Mother Angelica answering the call, as she always does every week at this time. And she gets to answer your questions from the classic programs over the years, her live shows of the 80s, 90s, and into 2000. And I'm joined here, as I am always, with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, and I'm Doug Keck. Always good to be with you, Doug. And, you know, of course, we just uh, had lost Alice von Hildebrand, and she was such a tigress, as one of the recent articles talked about, for the truth and the faith. And she had a great admiration for Mother Angelica and wrote a beautiful article about Mother Angelica, too, when Mother Angelica had passed, and just about her strengths, you know, and her femininity, her true femininity, and yet the strength that she had. And I think that's why we admire these these women, that uh, they were women, and yet they had this strength of character, this truth that they communicated so well. It's amazing, too, because, you know, Alice uh, would always kid you because you you talk about the equality of the sexes, and she'd say, no, 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 uh, women are better than men. Uh, <laughs> they were the last of the creation, right? <laughs> That's right. So our Lord improved it with the second That's edition. Right. As it, That's right. Exactly where it came from. None of this uh, coming from my side stuff uh, <laughs> indicating anything except the uh, the the great insights mm-hmm. of women and she she had those for us and that's why it's interesting that the first call uh, we're dealing with is you can change the world mm-hmm. and uh, mother talks about a subject she knew well about the meaning of suffering you know yesterday I had the opportunity I said I've never watched Hi Lucy that children's program <laughs> that we have and uh, Claire Crockett actually is the voice of the little animated right. uh, but anyway, they were talking about uh, the sister had a toothache. Sister Grace. <laughs> sister Grace. So she's talking about a toothache, and uh, Lucy is asking her about, you know, what do you do with that suffering? And so it was a beautiful little teaching, a simple teaching, but something that we can't forget, right? That we can make an offering of this. We can unite it with Christ's sufferings, the sufferings that we have in this life. Right. And exactly, and, and, and even in this one where mother has insights into feeling bad about vegetables <laughs> uh, and feeling sorry for them, which mm-hmm. you have to listen to as well. Right. So it's a wonderful opportunity, right, that life has suffering. That's an element of everybody's life. So what do we do with it? Do we just try to find an escape? Do we just complain? Right. Or can we turn it into an act of love? by offering it to God with Christ for souls and our own sanctification. That reminds me of Father Benedict always used to say, the answer is not, or the question is not why, why Mm -hmm. this happened to me, but what am I to do with this now? Yes. So let's see how you can change the world. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Omaha, Nebraska. And what is your question? Uh, My question is, Mother, I have ailments like you do, and also the asthma, the pain, I, and I offer them up to our Lord with his sufferings, but I find myself sometimes complaining, and I don't want to do this. I don't know how to stop this. And yeah. may I ask one more thing, Mother? I have a dear godmother. She's a wonderful, wonderful Catholic lady. She had 14 children. And she needs special prayers because 
two of her children going through trying times yeah. for Danny and Elizabeth. Okay. Well, we need more faith, honey. I know what pain is. I have it all the time. And I know, before you, my nature gets overtired sometime, and you get tired of pain, see? But there's where the rosary comes in, and there's where the sorrowful mysteries come in. If you say the sorrowful mysteries and look at Jesus, see? Today, we don't believe in crucifixes anymore, but I carry mine, see? And all during Mass, I'm able to hold on to him. Because we need that extra grace. We need to know how precious suffering is. You know, I always feel sorry for vegetables. <laughs> well, they look so beautiful in the garden, you clip them and clunk in hot water. I feel sorry for lobsters. <laughs> They're nice kind of brownish green, and you put them in hot water, and everybody tells me they don't feel it. How do you know they don't feel it? <laughs> and I feel sorry for them, too. I feel sorry for myself once in a while. But we can't allow it to last too long, see? You can't help feeling sorry for yourself. You can't help hurting, you can't help the duration. But if you say, Jesus, you suffered so much for me. He didn't have to. He's very happy with his Father in heaven. He didn't have to suffer. And he suffered so much. Oh, We'll never know in this life this is your wonderful opportunity. The Father looks down on, down on you with special love. Because as you suffer, the Father, the eternal Father, sees his Son in you. He does. And if you're offering it up like you say, what a wonderful thing. You can change the world. And pray for priests religious, our Holy Father, all the faithful, the sick, the dying, those in ear that have this terrible disease. You have so much to pray for. And one day when you get to heaven, you see all these souls coming towards you. You say, who are you? And they'll say, your prayers saved us. Your prayers uh, gave us the grace. The Lord heard your prayers and gave us extra grace to, to say we were sorry for all our sins. How you like that, huh? Our God is a wonderful God. He's compassionate and merciful and loving. And you know, We do feel very bad over what goes on in the church, in the world, too. The world, too. Oh, my. And how deceived we are with abortion and all that. But we can never forget. The Lord has all of us in his hands. 
He's going to let us go just with fire. Boom. <laughs> he will not forsake us. He will not forsake us. The church and the world will one day rise again with great hope and love and holiness. We won't even believe what it's going to be like. Have courage then. <clears throat> and hope. The Lord is greater than the world and Satan and all his demons and greater than all the leaders of this world. And one day he will come and shepherd us himself. And we shall see him as he is. And now moving on to our next topic, uh, a tough one. Every storm comes to an end a little different here because many mm -hmm. times over the years we've heard stories where, where women mm -hmm. are recounting that her husband has left them, etc. In this case, right. it's the other way around. Yes, so it's a, it's a messy situation, right? And life is often messy. And yet that doesn't mean that it's hopeless. And Mother says, don't give in to discouragement. You know, I talk to many people who are in these kind of situations mm -hmm. and, well, you do what you can in the present moment. And whenever we l love God and we, like, this father can lead his children in learning how to love God, that's going to stay with them. That it's not going to be in vain. Anything that you hand on to them that will strengthen their faith, help them to learn how to pray, that's going to stay with them. And I thought it was really powerful, too, when Mother talks about, because the, the wife was an, is an alcoholic, basically, and so you know what that probably devastation that would mm -hmm. mean to the family, especially with, with, with the right. mother. And, but the idea that you have to continue to love her and pray for her, and, and it is important, Pete, because he has a concern about his kids in relation to the mother, uh, mm -hmm. of not giving a bad example, but not denigrating the mother. And I think it, by praying for her mm -hmm. is a great way to reinforce his love for her. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. We don't give way to just hatred and getting the kids to resent their mom or anything like that, but rather to see we're all broken, mm -hmm. so let's pray and help one another in whatever way we can. That's right. Every storm comes to an end. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hello, Mother and Angelica. Where are you from? I'm from Texas. And what is your question? Well, uh, actually, it's twofold. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've tried to visit with my priest on several occasions, <coughs> and uh, he's just not very available. But uh, basically, the storm I'm going through is uh, after being married for 20 years, and throughout the course of this marriage, my spouse battled alcoholism. And over the years, she just moved in and out of the house and finally uh, moved out and filed for divorce and became involved in another relationship. Well, after the divorce, I received custody of the kids. And, uh, you know, to the best of my ability, I try to give them guidance on what's right and wrong. And yet, they see the opposite from their mother. And somehow, I believe they think this is acceptable. Yeah. I guess the two questions I have is, one, how can I teach my children the gospel and what's right and wrong without degrading their mother? And secondly, of course, I'm still very much in love with this woman, and I feel like I'm still married in God's eyes, yet I don't know what my obligation is to her. Yeah. Well, I think you should continue, you know, to, to love her. 
my opinion is that if you teach your children good things, very good things, continue teaching them the gospel, continue teaching them the ways of the Lord, and, and follow those ways yourself, you see, then even though they may be attracted by an opposite way, some point in their life, they'll remember everything you said. I don't think there's anything different you can do. I think the fact that you still love your wife is good because that means you're going to continue loving her and you're going to pray for her. And that's what she needs. She needs prayers. She too needs light. You have to be the father of this family. And the father of a family is to give light, leadership. He, he shows the path. He shows the way to what? To God. To heaven. That is your duty. Now, whether your children listen or not, you can't do anything about that. They have a free will. And, and right now, the easy path seems to be the easy path. And we go that way. The line of least resistance is available to everyone. But don't get discouraged. Even though you may not see much fruit now, you will. You will. Every storm ends. Every storm. Every superstorm has an ending. At some point, the sun will come out and you'll forget the storm. Keep close to Jesus. That's what's so important. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And again, thank you so much for staying with us here for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, this week's edition with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, and I'm Doug Keck. And let's take a look at our next call, Justified and Unjustified Anger. Is mm -hmm. there a difference, Father? Yes, and the Catechism speaks about this emotion, it calls it, of anger. It's not in itself wrong. Um, it's not in itself wrong. It just needs to be directed toward the good. So, for example... You know, if a father sees that his family is being threatened, he's going to be angry. He's going to do, it's going to be an energy that motivates him to protect the family. That's a good use of that emotion of anger. But you don't want to return evil for evil, right? That you are going to do what you can to defend what is good, what is right, what is true. But you're not going to seek vengeance, for example, you're going to leave that to the Lord. Right. It's interesting because Mother makes uh, the point here of the difference between being angry and being in a position where you give in to your anger. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be under control. It needs to be directed toward the right. good. And uh, this was a struggle that Mother had, you know, at times mm -hmm. that she was quite open about with her temper. <laughs> and uh, and yet she did very well, you know, you know, that most of our interactions with her were very pleasant and and she had her struggles and uh, all of that, as we all do. And yet she just kept her eyes fixed on Jesus, and she didn't let it discourage her. She said, well, here I am, Angelica, <laughs> blew it again. 
Here I am, Lord. Well, I think the, the thing that you were pointing out earlier is the idea that many times the mother kind of talks about here, when you're dealing with anger, it's kind of like this response. Mm-hmm. Many times it's not even something you think about. It's an emotional mm-hmm. response. So the issue then is, okay, do I now take that emotional response and, and manage it, like you say, mm-hmm. that anger, or do I use that as something that I turn in on itself right. and, and turn it into something that's, that's really detrimental? Right, so let's direct it always toward the good. That's right. Justified and unjustified anger. What's the difference? Well, we have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And what is your question? Mother, I was wondering if you could explain to me the difference between anger and justified anger. Yeah. Okay, we're told to forgive Mm -hmm. 70 times 7. Yeah. And... We shouldn't be angry then. It's The fifth commandment says that you're not supposed to be angry, and the precepts of the church, the capital or deadly sins, it says that anger... Uh, I don't think it says you can't, you shouldn't be angry. We should not give in to our anger. That's a different... I don't think you can help getting angry. Anybody here can help it? Except with a lot of grace. See, with grace, I can't control my anger. For what and on whatever occasion, honey. See, but you have to realize justified anger. Jesus had justified anger. He had many occasions to be angry. In this occasion, I would have been so angry with those apostles. I would. I said, "Look, go fishing. I'm going to get another clam." <laughs> see, but he didn't. When you read the gospel, you see many occasions when Jesus had every reason to be angry. But Jesus was never angry, and I'll hear this, he was never angry over things done to him personally. That's why we get angry. He was angry because they made his father's house a den of thieves. Now that's different. I think you and I have a right to be angry over some of the things going on, not only in the church, but in the world. We cannot avoid anger. But I can avoid acting upon that anger. We have poor Oklahoma City as an example of uncontrolled anger. At least, that's the way it looks from this point. See, you cannot help if somebody comes up to you and insults you. You can't help getting angry. You're a human being. You've got feelings. But you can help in the way you respond. Some people, some people sometimes hate another person all their life because of something they did 20 years ago. That's unjustified anger. And Jesus told us something very important. He said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Well, it may give me six, seven hours to control myself. Summertime, we've got an extra hour. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have time to control ourselves. 
You know the old adage, count to ten. What's that going to do for you, count to ten? <laughs> count Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm so angry and hurt now, but I, I want to imitate you. Just because Jesus threw out the money changes, that is not an excuse for anger. He was the only one that ever had justified anger. I think that kind of anger is justified. We have many times in this day and age to have justified anger when it concerns the Lord. When something concerns ourselves, what do we do? Well, sometimes we can talk to people who are angry. We must pray for them. And even if that particular incident keeps coming back over and over, coming your poor mind, you have to forgive as many times as it comes back. And closing out our program for this week, we have a call, Father. God will bring good out of it. And now we're talking about uh, a situation, again, which mm -hmm. is more typical, as we alluded right. to, where, where a husband is asking his wife for a divorce, but turns out a little different. It does. You know that self-knowledge is necessary for our spiritual growth. Teresa of Avila teaches us this and many spiritual uh, writers. And it, it was a moment of self-knowledge where she grew into understanding that, hey, there's some ways I need to change to mm -hmm. make this relationship better. And when she changed, things changed. Well, I guess it's one of the things you probably there was kid about is, is in the confessional is the idea of hearing your spouse's <laughs> sins being recounted yes. uh, instead of saying, no, you, you need to focus on what you're doing and, and mm -hmm. how you're reacting to it. And again, I guess just that idea also is we can't make other people change. The only mm -hmm. thing we can do is change ourselves. Yeah, and if we change, if we're closer to the Lord, if we're growing in love of God and even those who don't deserve our love, we're loving them. It changes people. Love changes people. Right, exactly. You see that uh, people react differently. They mm -hmm. can soften. They can become less defensive. And then hopefully, like in watching EW10, and I think people start to say, what, what do you have going on there? What, what's happening in your mm -hmm. life? I want that. Right. I never had a pain, a disappointment, or tragedy, Mother said, that God didn't bring something wonderful out of it. EW10 is one of them. God will bring good out of it. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Well, what is your question? Well, I have a comment. I agree with you on your comment about suffering. Okay. Um, within the last year, my husband had asked me for a divorce. Uh. And um, I turned to the Lord. I knew he was the only one that could help me. Mm -hmm. And in turning to him... I realized that there were problems in me that I wasn't totally what God wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And in that, I somehow won my husband's love back. And our family is on its way back to being a family that the Lord wants a family to be. And there are some difficult times, but my faith in God keeps me going. And EWTN has helped me so very, very much, and you especially, Mother. Thank you. I thank you. Well, you see, there's another example of not to fear suffering. So, ever be it ever so tragic, 
ever so tried. God is going to be good. He's going to bring good out of it if you trust him. I've never had a pain. I've never had a disappointment or a tragedy happen in my life when I, God didn't bring something wonderful out of it. And getting closer to him is the most wonderful thing that can happen. That I can, I can literally get close to him in the midst of a storm. And, and some of you have super storms in your life. But don't fear. Don't fear. He is holding your hand like that man held my hand through this going to school. He left me at the door and I went in and he went his way. But that hand, that hand of God is with you and you can keep going forward. Don't fear anything. We suffer from it. We have to change. We have to think of others. But we have his hand in ours. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.